1: Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Joining me, as always, is my good friend and partner in crime,
2: Rob Langevin. Rob, it's been a minute. How the heck are you, bud? I'm good, sir. I'm good, fellow listeners that are listening to our our, our travails of FPL... Either goodness or badness I, I was gonna put a good like SAT word in there but goodness and badness covers everything <laughs> um, yeah we're do- I'm doing good man life is life is uh, busy you know that's the problem with uh, doing this on the side you know I'm not a full-time you know FPL writer anymore I'm just a I'm just a provochial talker and a general maintenance man I'm basically Schneider from one day at a time with uh, FPL tidings. Uh, but yeah, I'm good. Everything's good. My team in FPL is poop. But, <laughs> is that a listen, technical I, term? No, it's because, uh, you know, you're, like I said, to you, I just literally said this to you off air. Uh, I'm a better advice giver about people because I could talk about specific players, not my own team. Because once you get your team locked in and you don't have the ability to wildcard, you're kind of locked into, you know, what you have in front of you. And what I have in front of me is pretty pooey. But uh, but I can tell everybody what I think on the, the vast player universe instead of the player universe that it consists of the 15 players I roster. So, yeah. I mean, from that standpoint, I'm a, I'm a trustworthy guy, so listen to me. But just don't <laughs> listen to my – just don't look at my team.
1: Yeah, it's much easier to give you advice on which 11 players are going to be the best each week than it is uh, oh, total. season long. But, um, <laughs> Totes uh, my goats.
3: Totes my goats.
1: <laughs> do you remember that um, commercial? I think it was James Earl Jones. Yeah, he was like yeah, reading yeah. text like a teenage girl, and he just ended it with totes my goats," and it right. was fantastic.
2: Uh, I was gonna say rest in peace, but I actually think he's still alive. Um, I think he is because I think I think he just did the voice for uh, he's doing the voice for the new Lion King, so I think he's still
1: alive. Uh, I think he's still yeah. hold on. We, sometimes we have to do research during the show. This is unfantasy related. Uh, yeah, he is indeed eighty-seven years young.
2: So he's anybody who, Jones. anybody holding the James Earl Jones in the dead, the Deadpool, you're still, you're still holding out.
1: <laughs> you know, I think James Earl Jones is like a low price forward option is, is a really solid play. He's, yeah, still he's got like got legs. The, um,
2: he's like the Isaac success of, of the celebrity <laughs> FPL crossover. Oh
1: goodness. Um, so certainly the, the silliness hasn't gone anywhere from us. <laughs> um, uh. <laughs> We we do feel bad that uh, we've been so inconsistent, but as we've said, we kind of knew this was coming. Um, so just uh, if if you want to stick with us and you want to listen when we're when we're around, that'd be great. Um, obviously, there are people that put out shows more frequently than we do at the moment. Um, so if you want to abandon us and betray our trust and everything we've had together, that's fine. We know um, where you live.
2: That's all that <laughs> matters. We
1: know where you live. But yeah, we we will still be providing shows. Uh, where we can, just uh, no longer attempting to promise uh, weekly returns. It's a limited
2: edition. It's a limited edition set now. And it's more
1: valuable because there's less of it, if I remember anything about supply and demand and economics on the whole. Um, So because we didn't record last week, we missed all of the hazard injury things after he was immediately brought in by everyone with uh, Salah being the most drought player uh, to make that move happen then obviously Hazard misses Salah has basically his third best match since uh joining Liverpool uh last week against Cardiff um so curious as to your thoughts on what to do now if you already have Hazard should you try to stick or are you thinking people should try to jump up the change to get back up to to Salah where do you think people should land on this hazard <laughs> situation
2: well owning Hazard is I think if you're you own him, you probably own one of the Liverpool assets on top of him. Uh, I I don't think that you're completely worried about owning or you know transferring out Hazard to get to a Liverpool asset. I think everybody in the know owned a Liverpool asset last week, whether it be Mane or Salah and Hazard. Um, with Hazard, I think with the Crystal Palace at home this week, um, this will be the telling telling match for you if you're holding or selling. Uh, if he plays. You're obviously gonna, you know, after this week, you're probably gonna hold him. Uh, if he doesn't play, I could see a mass exodus of them just ditching out and 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 getting another, you know, high-priced asset, whether it be Sterling and, or having belief in that or grabbing another Liverpool asset based on their upcoming fixtures. <clears throat> but um, listen, Hazard is going to give you returns when he plays. Just when he's going to play is is the hardest thing to to predict back injuries are awful to predict they they uh they tend to linger they tend to pop up when at the last minute because you can be perfectly fine all week and then go through warm-up step on something wrong and your back is flared up again um so you know hazard with the exclamation point in the triangle is is noteworthy because you know he is a high-priced asset and he has been giving ample returns for everybody who's owned him up until last week when he didn't play but uh, you know, I'm holding. I'm a Hazard owner, and I'm holding out for for him for one more week, um, just because I like the the juiciness of the Crystal Palace the fixture, and I think that based on the news that I've read so far, you know, <clears throat> he was he was very close to playing last week. He just didn't get fit in time. You know, it's like it's like the NFL injury report. You know, he went through warm ups and just couldn't couldn't go. So with him sitting midweek against uh, Derby this uh, today, actually, as of recording. He's not going to be playing in that game, so there's no worry about him playing midweek. I think he should be, I think he should be full bore for the, for the weekend. But once again, I'm not an injury analyst. Go go check out Ben Dinnery on on Twitter. He'll, he'll have a you know ex, you know explanation of when he'll play and if he'll play. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're a Hazard only, you're, you're probably holding on the up up chance that he actually plays because the returns from him compared to you know the Liverpool guys are 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 equal. And after that. You're probably not gonna, you know, find an equal or a value at that 11.0 price tag. You know, sterling is the same price, but you know, where are you gonna find another high-priced uh, asset that's gonna give you the returns that Hazard has given? It's not very often, so you're probably gonna be punting and moving around pieces a lot to get one piece or two pieces.
1: Yeah, um, especially uh, glad that you brought up uh, the match that's about to happen because we are recording this actually before. The Wednesday matches in the Carabao Cup. So if there's anything that's a little wonky, uh, that is probably why. Um, Regarding Hazard, uh, if people just look at the um, defensive ranks that are listed on the site, they Mm -hmm. may be looking at it like, yes, Crystal Palace is good, but then the rest of them are bad. But for Everton, Seamus Coleman has looked really poor over the last few weeks. At Tottenham, Trippier's number one issue is players with pace. (laughs) So having him up against Hazard doesn't seem a great matchup. Fulham's rotating cassette right back of like Fosu Mensah, Callum Chambers uh, was not very good there a couple <laughs> weeks back. That's not a problem. Against Wolves, you have Matt Doherty, who fantasy players love, but they love him because he's basically a winger. Yeah. He isn't really staying back much. So if you look over those next five... I think it's very favorable for for Hazard, and like even longer term, City obviously a rough one because they have two wingbacks that can actually keep up, but then Brighton, Leicester, Watford, Palace, Southampton, Newcastle, and that takes you yeah. into the middle of January. I mean, yeah. this could be a very, very high-scoring run for Hazard, which leads me to a question for you. So, uh, Hazard's best goal tally was the 16-17 season. He had 16 highest FPL points, 14-15 with 233 do you think obviously his pace is way above that right now? Do you think he will best either that sixteen seventeen 17 in goals or fourteen fifty tally points? Uh,
2: <clears throat> I think he probably will come. I think that we're. I, I'm looking at the two thirty three number. So I mean that was the he played the most minutes there thirty three seventy three. Uh, he's on. He's currently sitting on seventy five. He's on, he has the the Devils' best friend six hundred sixty six minutes played <laughs> this year. Um, <clears throat> so basically he's on pace for we're in week 11 70 where he's basically on pace for like 260 points basic give or take cuz you could times to time yeah like 260 we'll we'll call cuz there's seven extra games and basically going to be right around that 34 to 3500 minute, minutes played um, so i think he's going i think he's going to eclipse the total points um, i think he's going to have more bonus points than he probably has ever had in a in a season for the whole year um But that remains to be seen because who who knows if he's you know this is all speculation. I'm just saying that he probably will. But 233 is is probably a good bet low like a low ceiling to to aim for. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's probably gonna. I would say his 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 ceiling is 250. His his baseline is 230. So Mm -hmm. he's probably gonna fall somewhere in there. And then when you look based on what you know Salah did last year, he he eclipsed 300. He was over 300. So you know for the for the price standpoint and what he's going to return over those you know the remaining 30 27 games or 20, 28 games you know there could be stuff there's meat on the bone as i always like to say so <laughs> you're you're definitely investing in a, in in him at 11.0 so you know to get that kind of return at 11.0 is great because at his price tag you can't always afford to have someone who is 11.0 you always have to make the decisions to you know have the weighted you know forwards the canes the agueros and then the, the high priced options in the midfield the Sterlings, salas, manes you know now with kevin de bruyne back he he comes back into the fray um so if you own him all year you'll probably reap the benefits of that 250 230 you know uh, mm-hmm. ratio that I that I said he probably fallen to but if you don't own him all year you're probably going to miss out on being on the the high point of when he does actually do, do things, whereas you're shifting off him to other guys. So I mean, <clears throat> Hazard for me is pretty much uh, if you can piece together a lineup where you have him and assets from other teams that are you know basically giving you good returns. Uh, you hit on hit on the right Liverpool guy, you hit on the right City guy, maybe you have the right Spurs guy, or and then you have the the, the best of the uh, lower lower ranked guys. Mm-hmm. You know, lower price guys. I think you could probably go the whole season with owning Hazard. You just said his, you just mentioned his schedule. You know, there's there's only two fixtures in there that really are scary to me. It's Spurs and City, basically through Christmas. So I yeah. mean, having having that eleven price tag, I don't know where you're going to go and and argue that you're going to get better returns than than if if and when Hazard plays.
1: Yeah, I mean, Salah also has a very good run of fixtures. I just oh, totally. I just don't know without going three budget forwards. If you could really field a decent team with both Hazard and Salah in it. Um, But we may touch on that later. Uh, As for what he's currently projected, I just did some little quick maths while you were uh, talking. And he would be projected for about 27 goals and 11 assists if Hazard kept up his current pace. I don't think either of us think that that's likely. The 11 assists, obviously, more likely than the 26 goals. But he will end up being a very premium player through the rest of the year. And I will say, as I believe the last holdout on Hazard until last week or two weeks ago maybe, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, I'm now over it. I had mentioned on the show many times, I felt like I had never been burned by not owning Hazard. And I think that's the big thing that's really changed uh, this season. All right, uh, next up, let's talk forwards a little bit. We just mentioned how hard it is to get all of the premium players into your team right now. What have you made of Sergio Aguero, and and how many elite slash premium priced strikers do you think people should have in their teams right now?
2: I mean, there's no wrong argument here. You know, I I could see the frustration building in the the Twitter universe of FPL, of you know, when Aguero's on and he scores, he comes off in the 60th minute because you know they're probably up by a few goals and they don't really need him anymore, or Go back to last week. He played, I think, right around 80 minutes, or you know, 77 minutes, and then De Bruyne came on for him, and he didn't get any returns. So, you know, you're basically arguing against yourself. Well, if he if he scores and he only gets 60 minutes, or does he play longer and doesn't get any score? But is he is he worth the, the price tag? And then you compare it to what's going on with the with the forward situation and the scores that they're returning. You know, a is the highest scoring uh, forward right now at 63. Or he's tied with uh, Wilson at 63 points, but Kevin, name me, name me the last time Aubameyang started a game. <laughs> last week? <laughs> well, I mean, before that. But yeah, before, he had been before used that. as
1: a sub a lot. And and I you know? don't think that that's immediately gone. I did bring in Aubameyang myself because I was confident he was going to play and score. And then he obviously did. But this Lacazette versus Aubameyang thing I think is detrimental to them both unless they can figure out a way to – to always play them as a pair up front and see what they can do. Because Lacazette has flashed a surprising amount of creativity this year. <clears throat> like, if that duo got going, I think it could increase both of their value. Oh, a please. lot of the stereotypical New Orleans Saints running backs from years back. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, it's, yeah. Uh, but but I, I do like Aubameyang. Of the three, of the big three, Aubameyang, Aguero, or Kane, I think I'd actually lean Aubameyang.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I just worry about his inconsistent starting minutes. That's the yeah, only thing
1: because totally fair. You,
2: you see, you see the two non starts before this week where he scored, where he scored again, and you're like, well, how can I trust a guy who's 10.9? You know, and, and not know he's playing you exactly. Know, at least half uh, 16 minutes know, owned in 15% of leagues currently, um, <clears throat> but you know, like the whole forward ranks is basically it's like a choose your poison here. You got a Boomerang at 10.9. You have Kane at 12.4. You have Aguero at 11.3. Kane sitting on 49 points. Aguero sitting on 60. Obomiang sitting on 63, like I said. Um, the, the best returns right now are, are, the, are the cheapest guys. You, know, you have Wilson sitting at 63. And you have Mitrovic sitting at uh, one point below Kane at 6.9. Um, the only bad thing that you know, Alexander Mitrovic has going for him is that he doesn't actually get to play against his own team because they suck. And he probably scored tons against. He's
1: unfortunate
3: that he can't (laughs) play against Fulham.
2: If he would play against, like, I can't wait for for to score against Fulham, and you're like, ah, man, he can't. Um, Well, he could. He could score own goals. Yeah, but they they count for the wrong way, man. That's that's not (laughs) those are negative points. Hold on, I don't want that. But but I I could honestly argue, you know, based on the average point return and and the whole points per million. I didn't do the research right now. I'm just looking at it right now. But when you look at the midfielders' highest scoring the top 3 it's Hazard Salah Mane. 1 two, three. 75 65 63 respectively for those three then you go down to the forwards and it's 63 63 60 Aguero Aubameyang Aguero, uh, Wilson Aguero respectively so when you average out those prices you know the forward the top 3 of the forwards is right around 10 because Wilson's price brings everything down whereas the midfielder ranks is above 10 because you have Salah 13 Hazard at 11.3, and Amani basically right on the precipice of 10 at 9.7. So they're basically right around almost 11, 11 plus. Um, So, I mean, if you're looking at at dollar values for for that, I mean, I could see you punting down on forwards, rostering a Wilson, a Mitrovic, and whoever you want to to fill. One of those three? Yeah, exactly. Would you ever
1: consider going three small forwards and going like, Murray and then those two, or one of Zaha or Ranatavic once they get going again.
2: I mean, I don't see what's what's the main difference between Murray and and Harry Kane right now
1: besides seven
2: besides or, six million dollars.
1: Murray and Aguero, they have the exact same amount of goals thus far, right?
2: Yeah, it's just that Aguero has more assists and more mm-hmm. bonus points. Right. And um, the only for, thing with Murray for like
1: is like half the price, basically. Yeah,
2: exactly, literally half the almost half the price. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you wanted to to grab three lower lower level you know strikers. Wilson Mijatovic, yeah, I'm just thinking, thinking. Murray
1: De Bruyne mm-hmm. is healthy now. Yes. So if I don't know if you remember, this was my strategy at the start of the year was I was piling up on the highest creative mm-hmm. midfielders.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Obviously, this year has weirdly shifted out wide. It's the wingers, mm-hmm. it's the wing backs that are really racking up all the points. Um, But if you wanted to go you could literally pay forward prices in your midfield and midfield prices in your forward if you went with three of those f- five or six guys we just mentioned and then went Salah, Hazard, De Bruyne in your midfield.
2: Oh, 100%. You know, that the the funny thing about M- Man City is, you know, they have, you know, they they're scoring, they're not they're not actually scoring a ton of goals and blowing people out. You know, they're winning the the 3-0, 2-0 games. You know, they've only let up three goals the entire year. So, their their scoring is is a little bit skewed. Yes, they have, you know, they've have 27, 28 goals on the season. I don't have it right in front yeah, of me. Yeah, I think they're Dude.
1: still top in that goal yeah. difference. But.
2: but but when you think about it, you know we're in game eleven. That's only two two plus goals a game. So they're not blowing the blowing the world apart. And with they're goals way
1: like... spread out right now.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I mean uh, here's their here's their goal scorers right now: Aguero six, Marres with four, Sterling with four, Silva with uh, Bernardo Silva with three, Sané David David Silva with two, and they have four or five guys with one and they're mostly they're all defendos and they're all defenders in Fernandinho. so they're not beating the world down so i mean bring going back to your original question you know is is owning a high price striker right now especially sergio aguero like a must absolutely not he's only sitting on six goals yes he's getting he guess he's getting a lot of assists and 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 bonus points to to aid him to get to his 60 points but i mean when you look at it if if you could play you know devil's advocate with the the forward ranks and use your one transfer every week and hit on the right guy and have that optimal striker with the best matchup every week. So this week it would probably be it would probably be Aguero this week. Yeah, against Southampton, with, with which Southampton. is why it's
1: funny that we're talking about this right now. But
2: agreed. You know, and then and then next week you look at it and you go, okay, then maybe next week it's Aubameyang because they're playing home to Wolves. You know, and you basically use your one transfer every week, bring in a high price forward, keep the two low price strikers and basically set up your midfield with Hazard, uh, a Liverpool asset, you know, and then three other guys, whoever you want in the the 6.0 to to 9.0 range that you could fit in there, depending on how how heavy you want to go to your defense, because you're basically going to play three strikers if you're believing in. The low price options here because if you're going to buy a play buy a low price option hoping that they score you're pretty much going to play them over you know your fourth or fifth defender or your fifth midfielder
1: yeah agreed and, and but it does bear um noting <coughs> that it, in all fantasy stats you're looking at things that have happened oh, totally. because if you're if you're looking at a player's scored stats or the strength of his opponent you're looking at the matches that have already happened not the ones in the future because we don't know what's happening yet. So all all projections mean? are based in history is is where I'm going with this. If you look at Callum Wilson's fixture list, I know everybody's very high on him right now. He has succeeded in his easy matches. That's not to say he won't succeed in his difficult matches. But most of the easy matches for the first half are in the rear view for him. Um, the coming matches of United, Newcastle, who, despite being crap, don't concede a lot of goals, Arsenal, City, Huddersfield, who can at least play in the midfield, but they do let up goals at the back, Liverpool, Wolves, Brighton, Tottenham, United. That's through Mm -hmm. the new year. That's a bad schedule. It is not good. Now, you can entirely argue that at 6.6, that doesn't matter, that he'll still pop up with the odd goals. We could also consider that because he's not that old of a forward, um, this is genuine development and mm-hmm. he'll be able to score against these big clubs because he's legitimately this good now, um, both both creatively and goal-scoring, because obviously that's his biggest asset, is that he leads mm-hmm. the league in assists. Um, yeah. But just for people to know, you, there's probably a lot of people talking about Callum Wilson and how great he is because of what he's done. <clears throat> just a heads up that he probably did a lot of what he did because of the people that he did it against.
2: Oh, absolutely, 100%. And two of his assists are... Penalty kicks. So look, don't forget that. Yeah. So two of two of his assi- two of his seven assists are because Ooh, he got we fouled. Do know if those came when Josh King was off the pitch or not? Uh, I know Stanislaws took one. Mm. So uh, I don't know who. I think Josh King actually took the other. I yeah, believe.
1: I think I remember that. I think I remember. Yeah, King um, one.
2: I think I think it was. A, I think it was in a game where they were winning. I think they were. I think it was against Watford when they were winning four, three nothing, and I think the four, that was the fourth goal. But I could be mistaken. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, um, uh, yeah. I mean, look at the teams he scored against. He scored against Cardiff, West Ham, uh, and Watford, and Fulham. Yeah. All all four of those teams are bottom ten in defense. I'm giving Watford the benefit of the doubt because they're the only one I don't know. But I, th-
1: I think they are actually top ten now. Um, right, so- weirdly, because they have like no talent at the back. But whatever. I realize that's very rude. Um, and apologies to Messina who scored at the weekend but much like Sergio Ramos scoring goals does not make you a good defender Um, you mentioned earlier um, fitting in the kind of lower priced midfielders Um, so I figure we'll we'll jump the order a little bit and address that I just wanted to play a little either or with you with Mm -hmm. some of the midfielders in that like 6 to 7.5 range and just see if, if we can narrow down on who we think is the best one. We'll start with Ryan Fraser, just because we were already talking Bournemouth and how difficult their matches get. But he is listed at only 6.1. A lot of people have him a lot cheaper than that. Would you rather have Ryan Fraser or Roberto Pereira?
2: Um, Based on Bournemouth's upcoming schedule, I'd probably have Pereira. But what, what I've noticed about Pereira is... Hold on, I'm going to just double check me and make sure I'm not a liar. Yeah, he... if, if, if Roberto Pereira is a far better player at home so Mm -hmm. based on the upcoming fixtures um you could probably own both because they're basically you know budget options 6.1 currently Mm 6.4 currently for Pereira um you know with Pereira he's got two away games then Liverpool at home then Leicester away um yeah I'd probably lean Frazier probably till Hanukkah
1: (laughs) fair enough um then staying in that price bracket um, since you picked Pereira over Fraser, we'll we'll build up like that. Pereira or Munson, who actually has the same amount of assists as Fraser, and uh, has the same amount of chances created as well.
2: Yeah, I just don't. Burnley's the team that that I feel like. Watford is a, is a is it. We're right. You said per, we're keeping Pereira in this mm-hmm. with us. Okay, yeah. Watford to me scores more in bunches than Burnley will, and I think Pereira has the more a better ability to be on the end of them. More often than Good has to be on the helping end of it. You know, he's got a goal and five assists. Pereira's got five goals and I believe no assists. I don't mm-hmm. think he has a, actually has an assist. Um, yeah, just on just on goal reliance on a team, I, I'd I'd pick Pereira over over Good even though Good has better fixtures upcoming.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, so Pereira is still the the reigning champ. I assume you'd also want Pereira over Sherla.
2: Yeah, only because Fulham is just so topsy turvy and they just give up so many goals. They're always chasing the rabbit. I, yeah, I, we I,
1: actually we actually had a Fulham guest on the uh, EPL roundtable this week, and he was saying that in order to try to fix the defense, they've really messed with their tactics mm-hmm. um, to try to to fix things at the back, which a hasn't worked and has also b impacted their attack. So, yeah, uh, I mean, fully agree with you there.
2: Ne- never never trust a team that starts Tim Ream. So. <laughs> hey that rhymes that should be a t-shirt
1: um okay so now we'll, we'll bump up in price a little bit now would you rather have Roberto Pereira or one time fantasy darling James Madison who's gone a little cold of late in fantasy stats but on the whole still playing fairly well
2: I am I was actually looking at this before we were doing research and I, I'm, people who are selling James Madison right now they, they obviously aren't looking at his upcoming schedule Cardiff, Burnley, Brighton Watford, Fulham in his next five mm-hmm. um Lester um Uh, And this goes out to all the Leicester fans, uh, my sympathies for losing your owner. Um, But this team is going to come out and probably with some with some spitfire, especially, you know, against Cardiff, uh, who is not anything known for defense. And basically everybody's been stacking against Cardiff all year. You know, they did it against when they played Liverpool. They did it when City played them and they've got ample returns. I think Leicester can be, you know, good for the next five games. Are they a fantasy asset? Probably not overbearing or overwhelmingly, but at 7 zero, you're probably best advised to, to like hold on to to Madison because I think there there's stuff to come there. And then even after even after those five games listed, it's Spurs and Chelsea and Man City in the next three out of the next four out of the, after the five I did. So basically, you're going to have to wait till you know basically pre Christmas to to make that decision if you want to hold on to him because you're probably going to only gain there because if he does anything in those five games, he's going to go up in price you probably bought James Madison somewhere closer to where he started at mm-hmm. 6.5 so you're probably just reaping the benefits of that and after that 5 game period if he doesn't return anything you're not really losing anything because he's not really going to go down enough because his ownership isn't going to spike like like to to be detrimental to your buy in cost mm-hmm. so it's definitely Madison for me for the next 5 over any basically anybody from the 7.0 to 6.0 range it's probably Madison
1: interesting because Sigurdsson or sorry uh Madison versus uh a player that we liked in the preseason that's now a striker OOP mm-hmm. Madison or Richarlison?
2: I you know what I'm not a, I'm not, not a huge it? not a huge fan of Richardson okay. I think that he is he is what he is he's not going to be that 20 goal scorer he's not he's not a good I don't think he's built for the pivot um at I mean based based on what Everton have around him Sure, he could, he's the defunct pivot because basically he has a ton of playmakers around him. Um, if you're if you're going to buy any Everton asset right now, I, I'd probably be leaning uh, Sigurdsson. Mm-hmm. I know he, I know he's a dollar or you know ninety cents cheap, ninety cents more expensive, but he's got five goals and he's taking the penalties now. So
1: yeah, yeah, and, and that's I, that's I, where we were going to wrap because you're yeah. you're picking Madison over Charleston. Is Madison over Sigurdsson? And thinking of Madison as like a younger. Sigurdsson is Mm -hmm. not the most inaccurate comp you could make um Sigurdsson currently exactly second in both chances created and accurate crosses and has somewhat struggled with the finishing of the rest of his team I I wrote an article on him a couple weeks back and it was basically along the lines of it's a shame that Sigurdsson can't finish the own chances he's creating because at the time he was leading them in shots on target and shot accuracy but also led them in all creative stats Mm um but he he is playing very well centrally for Marco Silva. So Madison or Sigurdsson?
2: Matt, I I would probably take Sigurdsson only because I like that he's on penalties.
1: Yeah, which definitely gives him a boost. Also, Jamie, totally.
2: Jamie Vardy has
1: has been like so close, but in the bad way recently. Yeah,
2: he's he's not. He's, he's just, not, yeah. He's, he's not. He's,
1: he's even more uninvolved in play than he used to be. Yeah. Like well, it Jamie Vardy. uninvolved in play in like a good way where when he got his chance he'd score but he's like Mm -hmm. missing those Mm -hmm. opportunities I I forget what his shot total is over the last like two or three weeks but it's like horrible like he's really doing nothing until he does something um which in other games hurts him a lot more but uh I think I trust the front four of Everton more than Leicester right now Although I, I really like Nacho as a player. We've obviously seen what Vardy can do. All Brighton sending in crosses is always fun. But that almost attracts from Madison more than it helps him. But I agree with you. I, I agreed with almost all of them except the initial one. I think I would still take Fraser over Pereira. Um, but let's move into budget defenders now. I, I know you wanted to, to get up on your soapbox a little bit about these budget guys.
2: Yeah. I mean, budget defenders, everybody's got to have them. Every, not everybody can roster you know the uh, the Mendes, the Trippier's, the Alonzo's. You know, and then insert, you know, Liverpool defense. Uh, it's great to have. You know, everybody should be owning a Man City defense. Kevin doesn't. I don't. We we mocked ourselves. We mocked each other in in, <laughs> in the the preemptive to this to this podcast. Um, but looking at defenders now, and based on what I see from the uh, upcoming schedule, you know. There's there's budget budget defenders to be had to be had. Uh, you know people are still on the you know the Matt Doakerty because he's giving returns, but his schedule is not too good upcoming. Wolves has as of late for those for that three game stretch where everybody's like wow look at what Wolves is doing, and then the last two games where they've basically not given you anything return wise. Uh, people are are soured on Wolves, but now I want to I want to look at you know we've mentioned Bournemouth and their upcoming schedule and how hard it is to. To maybe roster offensive players. So if it's hard to roster offensive players based on their opponents, it's almost going to be impossible to, to roster a Bournemouth defender. Uh, so basically, if you're if you're looking at a Bournemouth defender in the upcoming you know couple of weeks, I'd probably steer clear of that. But I, I'm mainly looking at, at one team here, Kevin, and that's probably Brighton. Um, I know they're steered mm. by by what but Ryan is doing in goal, and he's basically been standing on his head. But but based on what they've been doing. For their returns, let me click on their thing. Since I clicked on the wrong thing, but given their returns of of Duffy, Bruno, Dunk for the last couple games, do you think that there's any value in owning like a Brighton defender for their upcoming fixtures? Everton, Cardiff, Leicester, Huddersfield, Crystal Palace, Burnley, compared to what you can be, what you're probably rostering otherwise. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people aren't aren't rostering budget defenders, but Compared to what people have been using before, you know uh, the Wolves defenders like a uh, uh, Bennett or uh, is this basically what I'm saying is is this a time to, to to ship off your AWB you know bandwagon here?
1: Yeah, it's tough just because Wambasaki is so cheap, but the returns yeah. haven't been there of late. The the weird thing is that Palace's defense looks better than it is. Totally. Which is just really, really frustrating. But they have conceded uh, two or more goals in three of the last five, which isn't great. Um, it's it's just, how do you get rid of a player that's that cheap? I, I think the answer is maybe you just bench him. But uh, a but, lot of people at the start of the season were going with two price dumps. Yeah, um, and we, so a lot of people are stuck with saw. that, which only really leaves space for one budget defender, unless, or sorry, with one like mid range defender, unless you have two and then you're missing out on two of Mendy Robertson Alonso or maybe even Trippier if you wanted him to throw him in as well. Yeah,
2: you know, but look at what just happened this past week with the benching of Robertson, yeah. benching of Hazard. Now yep. the third sub is coming into play here because not everybody is going to have, you know, mi you know, the way they're situate their team. That's basically yeah. too vital. Yeah, you, you
1: need to have a strong bench now uh, yeah you
2: know I mean even even looking at another team that I think that could could be a, a, a decent return for for defenders coming up is you mentioned we mentioned it before that now they are top 10 in defense and they did get one of their better offensive defensive defensive players back and he did tally last week and that's Kiko Firminia for wadford yeah and I, uh you know back-to-back weeks of a, it's your boy. Two, clean, two clean sheets in a well In a row for for the for the Hornets, they got Newcastle, Southampton, Liverpool, Leicester in the next four. So I mean, there's time that you can you know bring in a player not just on a one-week basis and possibly get returns. So look at look out for Watford and Brighton defenders if you're looking to shift things around in defense to to free up funds to you know jump up to the next level in midfielder or if you wanted to you know maybe you know go from hazard to you know Salah gives you a little bit of a fundage in that in that department you know budget defenders are always going to be around cuz you know every it, it's tough rostering three of the three big defenders and then filling in the midfield and having everybody you want to to fill into the puzzle and owning a, a top-flight striker depending on which one you want to do but you know always looking always looking to the head and don't be afraid to look at a, a defenders schedule like the schedule ahead is fine if they have one game where it's okay and then a bad week, I would steer clear and look for a better option when they have two or two or three better fixtures on on the on the horizon.
1: Yeah, so that's definitely an interesting uh topic and I, you need to get some of those mid guys in, you know, one to 3 probably. Um Now let's talk about a couple of breakout guys recently who are interesting but have track records of not mattering for large swaths of the season. <laughs> uh, let's start with uh, a boy on your very own team. Uh, we mentioned him a lot on the uh, Premier League show at the weekend about how his criticized, uh, he was heavily criticized for his move to Chelsea, but seems to be turning it around. Scored in three consecutive goals, uh, three consecutive matches. In Ross Barkley, um, he is also not starting consistently for Chelsea. Although I, I think he's played in the last three. Two starts in the last three, but he scored in the sub-appearance, if memory yep, serves. exactly. Um, what What do you make of uh, Ross Barkley at 5.8? I think he did hit a price rise already.
2: Yeah, he did He did go up in price. Uh, returns of 13, 6, and 17 in the last three games. Currently sitting at 5.8. Um, <clears throat> now, given the way that Chelsea rotates through the middle, I think that he basically has overtaken Kovacic in their starting 11. Um now that Loftus Cheek is starting to get his legs back under him and start start to be part of start of the uh, you know the team selection on Sundays, um, that's a guy that I would look out because I think that they basically are fighting for the same spot. I think Loftus Cheek is more of an offensive like because he's a freak. He's a big dude. He, he's a freak athlete. Whereas Barkley, we know what he is. He's kind of like that midfielder with you know with flair. Um, but Loftus Cheek has been giving awesome returns in, in cup games and everything that we've seen of him seen of him. But Barkley scoring in three consecutive games is nothing to, to sneeze about because when you look when you look around, who else is, you know, getting the minutes and scoring the goals that he is he's currently doing. You know, William has one goal in his last three. He started all three. You know, that's not that's not great. Pedro has basically just been just thrown to the wayside that you don't even really notice he's on on the team anymore because he's he's basically got 52, 50 something minutes in the last three games. So he's basically not even a factor. Um, Conte is is a, is a stalwart. Jorginho is a is a stalwart stalwart. So basically, you're you're on to so Barkley, Kovačić, Loftus Cheek are basically the three guys that are going to be fighting for minutes as that third midfielder behind Hazard, Willian, and whoever they start at striker, Giroud or or uh, what's his face, Murata. Um, <laughs> what's his name? Not, not Diego Costa. Yeah, not Diego. Why don't we have Diego Costa? Uh, But yeah, I mean at at 5.8, you want investments in in the Chelsea attack, but how much after Hazard do you want to invest in? This is almost like, okay, I want another investment in Liverpool besides Mane and Salah. Who are you going to go to? You know, are you gonna are you gonna trust that Lalana or somebody like that is gonna give you returns?
1: Well, you might go to the defense or goalkeeper.
2: Yeah, well, I'm saying I'm saying from a from a score from a oh, goal yeah, scoring, yeah. from a goal scoring standpoint, are you gonna bring in Daniel Sturridge? You know, that's basically how I'm how I'm like equating it to. Yes, he scored in three straight games, but with the with the FA Cup games, the the Europa games going on, Chelsea's gonna rotate in there. But I think Barkley is the Premier League starter now. I think that Kovačić is probably going to see a, a most, must have, most uh, most of the Europa games, um, and then you'll probably get Loftus Cheek mixed in with there and there, uh, with the Caribou and the Europa games. So, yeah, I mean, if you if you have a uh, an opening in midfield, and say your last midfielder is just complete like a complete throwaway, I I can see you making the move because you're not really buying. Three Chelsea defense. You're not you're not rostering three Chelsea players right now. It's probably Hazard, Alonso, and then you automatically have a blank because there's no third Chelsea player you're rostering. And given the returns, Barkley could give you good you know good returns. But you know based on their fixture list, you know Palace, Everton, Spurs, Fulham, Wolves. You know you got you got an international break in there in the middle as well. Um, Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't completely buy him too much. Um, this is basically like a strategy move. If you're looking at your, your mini leagues here or if you're in a draft format and, and he's sitting that on waiver wires, absolutely you should be on your team. But I, I'm, not, I'm not investing in him heavily to rely – I'd rather own – you know if you throw him back into that either or we just did, I'd rather own Fraser or Pereira over him because I think I'd want the scoring opportunities from other teams rather than doubling him up with Hazard on a mm-hmm. Chelsea team.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. Um although it does seem like there are plenty of goals to go around at Chelsea oh, but, totally. Very. but I do see your point. It might not be him uh to get them. Uh the other uh player that's like, "Oh, you're going to finally be good now," is uh hyper talented new I was going to say newly converted to winger, but that was like 3 years ago. Um Anthony Martial uh has has still been playing on the left. Lukaku finally benched for doing nothing and I don't mean he did nothing to get benched I mean he did nothing to show why he deserved to play up front for Manchester United (laughs) um but it was Rashford that gets the start up front but it doesn't matter because now Martial can just cut in from the left onto his right foot and curl it into any corner that he gosh darn pleases Mm -hmm. um are we thinking that maybe Martial will has at least a solidified himself over Alexis Sanchez in the starting 11 and b that he can keep up the scoring pace
2: yeah I, I don't know what's going on with Alexis Sanchez you know he's he's Injured, I'm using quotation fingers, or he's he's hurt Mourinho's feelings, I guess we'll we'll say, um, but but Martial looks, you know, if United needs goals and he's basically fulfilling that need, um, he's basically taken over, you know, Lingard and anybody else who was a preseason target of anybody. Um, Lukaku is just useless in fantasy right now, so I mean, everybody wants uh, a viable big four scoring option. You know, unfortunately Martial is that option right now for United and based on what people have seen him in the past, I think that's why he, he everybody's so hesitant to to go to him. His price tag is is amicable at 7.4. He's owned in less than 6% of leagues. Um he's basically got thirty thirty points in the last 3 games. The 28 to 37 points in the last two game three mm-hmm. games. I mean, that's and he's only got 41 in the whole year. So basically he's giving you everything he's got in the last 3 games. So if if you've owned Anthony Martial in the last three weeks, bravo. But look at their schedule, are you trusting him for at Bournemouth and then at Man City? Maybe for one of those two, and then maybe you could buy back in, but would you not start him at Man City? Because basically if you bring in Martial, you're gonna play him. I think that he's not an option that you bring in and then say, Okay, I'm gonna sit him against Man City, then who's your then who's your substitute option to go into your midfield in place in lieu of him? So basically, if you bring in Martial, you're starting him regardless of opponent because you don't really care because you want the goals that he's going to score, not the the opponent that he's going to score him against. And I just don't see it against Man City. Bournemouth, yes, I could see him putting putting on the on the on the score sheet because I think that game's going to have a lot of goals. But looking down the road, you sit on Man City. This goes back to when I said without defenders, if they have one good fixture, it's okay. But if they have one and one and one one good, one bad, eh lean a different direction. So I mean this this might mean lead me to like go to I know Everton doesn't have the greatest two fixtures in a row because they have Chelsea they have Chelsea next week. Hmm. But you know that that could lead you to like a, a Sigurdsson or you know Martial debate.
1: Yeah I think I'd rather wait on Martial these couple of weeks to see if he can um keep this up. But I recognize that that might be the last two weeks that he does anything, but I think I'm just willing to be on the sidelines for this one, unless he like really proves that a that is his job locked up, and as we mentioned in the intro, this little part um, that he can keep up the the scoring pace that he's on right now, and that's how you break up an ABC list that you already did in the show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, <laughs>
2: uh, all right. Anything else that we were uh, gonna talk about? No. Nope. Just glad to be back on the air and have people listening to us. Yeah. Or, or, yeah, yeah. Or yelling at us for not having a <laughs> podcast. To but they're right, too. I'll say they that. Are, they are right. We, listen, we have a direct obligation to the knowing public to bring uh, – what was I going to say? To bring decent <laughs> fantasy knowledge. When in, we can. In an optimal amount of time. So they have time to listen to us, time to go to the pub and drink to these wankers that are, they're listening to, and then go fix their lineups.
1: <laughs> there you go. Also um, – uh what was i gonna say no no fridays right in the coming weeks we usually try to tell people about that yeah nope 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 long time okay so yeah just set your lineups either friday nights or saturday mornings if you're in the states do it before you go out friday night that just leads to a whole mess no, of problems no <laughs> drunk transfers yeah don't don't drink at fpl
2: don't uh, drink and transfer
1: <laughs> exactly uh, all right well then that will do it for us today rob tell the folks where they can get at you
2: uh, nowhere. You can find me nowhere cause I'm nowhere. No, you can find me on Twitter, uh, FPL underscore MNOP. Yes. It's a stupid alphabet thing. Cause I'm making fun of everybody else who has every animal or surname of a famous footballer on their FPL account. Um, I've never called anybody out on it until just now, but you're a bunch of tools. Uh, <laughs> um, you and your, oh, I'm going to have a mammal or an amphibian today or or some, you some know, phobic god as your whatever. Anyway, FPL underscore MNOP. I don't tweet much, but if I do, there's probably a good reason I'm joking and making fun of something.
1: <laughs> making fun of something is a bit of your ML. So sorry for all the shots fired at FPL animals out there. There should be an aggregate FPL animals Twitter that just retweets Literally. all of the people with FPL animals.
2: I, w- I want somebody to go on, on Twitter right now and – Ch- try to change their f change to an fpl whatever account and just think of any random animal they can and i guarantee the first five you put in will be gone and taken get <laughs> I, I, gar- I guarantee that i haven't even searched it right now but i guarantee like the first five i thought of was like hippo giraffe turtle i, I guarantee they're all gone because these people just like to put fpl on anything and they're a bunch of droned out wankers <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Say it for the people. You don't, you in the don't back. really want to, because I'm keeping this PG
1: seventeen. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll, we'll escape with our lives while we can. Um, as I mentioned, uh, do have a couple of articles. Over up on ESPN, the Salah one, which I just mentioned, and then there uh, is a Sigurdsson one from a couple weeks back, but I wrote it basically with more of a season-long perspective, Um, and as we mentioned today, he still looks very, very good indeed. Uh, Also, be sure to check out our EPL and FPL roundtables, and I also do mostly Team of the Week articles, but stuff every once in a while still goes out uh, through Goal Gaming So uh, if you want to see how that game works and everything like that, go check that out over there. Rob, it was very nice catching up with you and and chatting and doing them FPL things. Uh, Folks at home, best of luck to your teams. We'll get you shows when we can, and uh, we'll catch you next time whenever that is. Peace!